Contamination, a term used in this information war to confuse you, to strip your wallet, and to lead you down a path of false expectations. And we're going to set the record straight tonight, that's for sure. That's why you're here, because you can always get the real story here. This is the Dr. Jane Ruby Show, and you're about to enter Truth in Medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show on this Well, there's a lot of scientific confusion out there, a lot of overlapping definitions and terms, and I think it's important for the lay public to understand the distinctions, the real definitions, so that you don't get led down the wrong path in this incredible year of scientific, legal, governmental misinformation. And I couldn't think of anyone more uh, helpful in that regard than uh, analyst Sasha Ladapova. And Sasha joins me now. Sasha, thanks so much for coming back on the show. I know you're a world traveler now, all over the place, speaking. Yes. So it's great to hi, have you. Hi, Jane. Yeah, I have a bunch of travel and still have some trips upcoming. So. Yeah, you are really doing yeah. more of a global information tour and education, I think. Um, how did, how did that come about? I mean, you certainly do your share of speaking here uh, yeah. at home, but uh, how did how did that come about? Is it just? I mean, I think it's great, but how did it come about? It's I I really you know I was invited to Sweden, um, and this is a collaboration between Children's Health Defense Europe and uh, another local uh, organization that's focused on doctors and nurses in Sweden and generally Scandinavia. So, you know, like they invite you and then you develop relationships. They're amazing people. And I think they're, they've done a tremendous um, job organizing. And so they invited me again and I, and I was happy to go. My question is, who is really manufacturing these injections? Well, uh, again, in the same presentation, Operation Warp Speed and BARDA were bragging about their vaccine manufacturing portfolio. And um, you can see that the, on the, uh, the right-hand side, um, there are, uh, they call it vaccine-supporting efforts. These are all established defense contractors. The contracts for these were released uh, through FOIA, and they go back to at least uh, 2012, maybe earlier. And all of these are established defense contractors who already had established a vaccine manufacturing base, and at that time it was called pan-influenza. In early 2020, they simply switched to uh, COVID. On the left-hand side, they call these vaccines. But read the words carefully. They're telling you the truth. On this side, it's called demo. All of them say demo. What, that's what the government ordered, a demonstration, which is fake by definition. On the right-hand side is the manufacturing. These are, these are the companies who are really making these products. Uh, another slide from uh, about a year ago, uh, also from uh, BARDA, from uh, uh, the, their public, public event. Um, and here they're bragging about how much money they spent very quickly. Uh, so it's, you know, US government prints the money, throws it from the helicopter. Here we have half a billion uh, for one company, two billion for another company, a billion here, two billion there. You know, they spent you know four or five trillion dollars on this. Uh, and on the on the on the right hand side, you can see uh, what they bought 
for these billions. Again, a whole bunch of demonstrations. These are not, pro they're very carefully, these, these words are very carefully designed. They, they have legal meaning. Uh, and, and that's what they, exactly what they bought. They bought demonstrations. They spent 47 billion, and again, Barda is bragging about their achievements. 33 billion went to vaccines. This is just for the R&D for these contracts. Uh, and, uh, you know, as you can see, they funneled a, a huge amount of money through this. Uh, these are all the contracts. They're publicly available. Uh, there's a link here. Uh, this is just a screenshot. There are about 400 co uh, contracts there. My question is, who is really manufacturing these injections? Well, uh, again, in the same presentation, Operation Warp Speed and Barda were bragging about their vaccine manufacturing portfolio. And um, you can see that the, on the, uh, the right-hand side, um, there are... Uh, they but let's get to the main, sort of the main theme for tonight and the reason you and I wanted to come together. Uh, there is a lot of, uh, as I said in, in our introduction here, a lot of misinformation. I see a lot of the misuse of definitions of things and nothing more glaring to me than this word contamination because it sounds dirty, um, and, mm -hmm. it, like it should. In the lay vernacular, it's something contaminated. You got dirt in there. You got, you know, glass shards pieces, things that shouldn't be there. Uh, but that's not really the definition in the world of genetic science and genome. So with all that said, uh, you, you've done some interesting substacks on this whole issue. Is, is the public learning that they could be duped by this term contamination in the Pfizer and Moderna vials? Uh, yes, I think, you know, it's it's a very uh, interesting interesting problem. So as we know, these and I've been talking about it from day one since I started talking about uh, the vaccines, which is around the middle of uh, 2021. My immediate conclusion was that they were non good manufacturing practice compliant products, and I've been you know saying that since the very beginning. And that is what contamination is. So, non, if, if uh, you know, that's what FDA regulates all the pharmaceutical products uh, based on. So, like the the whole basis of FDA enforcement power is to enforce the compliance with good manufacturing practice, uh, impurities, contaminants, uh, and mislabeling of the pharmaceutical products, uh, which are introduced in the interstate commerce. So, the stuff that gets sold across the United States. That's their only mandate. In fact, uh, that was their number one mandate, and safety and efficacy came in much, much later. Mm. Uh, so they, they were first established because they were uh, contaminated uh, products, especially insulin and other products that were sold uh, in the United States that poisoned people. And so the justification for creating this agency was so that we can label things properly, honestly, and also there's some oversight as to the purity of the material. Uh, so, and, and safety and efficacy, it took another like 60, 70 years for it to, to become regulated. Hmm. Um, and, you know, so that was my number one objective is to bring attention to this issue. Now, it can be actually used also against us because uh, what, what I also observed, of course, regulators are lying, always been lying about this product. It, this product has been fraudulent, the vaccines, uh, COVID vaccines, it, it's been a fraudulent product from day one. And fraud, as you know, both me and Catherine Watt described very extensively in our substacks, fraud is a fundamental required 
feature of this whole exercise because it's completely fake and the the pretense of this public health emergency and responses of vaccination are completely fake measures to impose to de deprive us of our rights to uh injure people to collapse the economy to do all sorts of nefarious issues we can get into this later mm -hmm. but these are fraudulent products to begin with so in their uncontaminated form they're extremely dangerous we are also saying that in addition to that they're also contaminated because they have these components that or materials that were not supposed to be there and not disclosed on the labels not disclosed in regulatory findings and now we're finding them and so that's called contamination um, and so people need to understand that it's it's poison regardless whether it's pure or not but it is Wait. also contaminated okay yeah poison can be pure uh, without anything pure, else yeah. in it, right? And is mm -hmm. my idea, can you tease this out a little bit with me, mm -hmm. is my belief that uh, when we're talking possibly about um, the, I call it the ectopic placement, right? Uh, like ectopic pregnancy in the tube instead of the uterus. Mm -hmm. It's in a place it shouldn't be. And so mm -hmm. the, ge the genetic materials, for example, and we'll get into the SV40, big discoveries, mm -hmm. you know, rediscovery in the last week or two. But um, th this material was not supposed to be there, was never disclosed, as you said. So it's ectopic genetic material, and that falls under contamination. It's not just dirt. You know, it's mm -hmm. technical. And, and, it, and it could be connected to intent, which is yes. the crime, part of the crime. So tease that right. out with me, yeah. So we have been finding various types of contaminants, including just dirt, uh, for a long time. And by we, I mean a lot of uh, scientists all over the world I'm in touch with, and I've published on this also extensively. So as I said, that, that issue is not new. We knew that this is a fraudulent product. We knew that it also contains a bunch of stuff that shouldn't be there. Now we come to uh, about early this year, um, I think it was April, so several months ago, uh, Kevin McKernan finds huge quantities of DNA. Also, he's not the first one who found it. I had a previous report from about June of uh, 2022 of German scientists who also found DNA. It's just that they did not sequence the DNA and Kevin did. Uh, but they found approximately the same amount of DNA, which is interesting. Uh, same amount of DNA. DNA uh, is not supposed to be in this product. There is a regulatory limit that we all argue that it's arbitrary limit and it comes from much older products and it's not applicable to this. But let's say, OK, there is a regulatory limit of um, 10 nanograms per dose. And Kevin finds that it's been exceeded by 100 to 1,000 times, depending on how which me which methods you um, use to measure it. And same was in the German scientist report, also with hundreds of times over the, that limit. Let me uh, look. Has anybody yeah. also want to add to that? And it didn't get much traction, but there's a Japanese scientist or geneticist, mm -hmm. Professor Murakami from Tokyo, mm -hmm. who also found, I don't know if he sequenced like Kevin McKernan, but he found the ectopic or contamination of DNA in there that should not be. Have you guys yes. talked to him? Has anybody? Do you know? I, I haven't. I know that Kevin's findings since since then have been replicated by at least six labs worldwide, including Japanese. It That's good. Work on his lab. Yeah. yeah, so there was a Japanese and Swedish and uh, Dutch and a few in the U.S. Okay. So, uh, and they all finding the same thing. 
a bunch of DNA, large quantities of DNA that are not supposed to be there. Uh, so that's a contaminant and it's considered a technical term for it as process related impurity. And in fact, that it was uh, flagged even during the approval process or fake approval uh, at the end of 2020 by European Medicines Agency reviewers who were doing their job and identifying this as a as a potential issue. And they and they told at that time, which is interesting in those documents, Pfizer put um, five or six different um, tests, batches uh, for this issue, like how much DNA impurity do we have in them? And five of them were technically under that limit, although the variability was very large between the each test. So they'll test something and it's, you know, maybe it's like, I'm making up numbers, maybe it's 10 in one, 100 in another, 200 in another. They're still technically below the limit, but between 10 and 200, we have a large spread. So regulators are saying, this is a little bit concerning. Why are you having such a high variability? And then one of them, they failed dramatically. Like they're eight times over the limit or 80 times over the limit. Wow. Uh, and, and, they, and they write in the footnote, oh, we failed that one because we used uh, our own DNAs, um, like a chemical to, to do this test. Okay. So that's very cute. Uh, you have, you, you're bringing this to the regulators, you're disclosing that you have this, you know, and then, so five of them you did correctly and one of them you did incorrectly. And that the one, that's the one that you happen to fail dramatically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's already a very fishy uh, submission. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I want to ask you to help me clarify for the audience. Um, if these are, uh, and there's a whole other discussion, but mRNA modified, synthetically modified, not mRNA messenger RNA, but let, you know, modified RNA that's supposed to be, let's just for the sake of conversation, a therapeutic approach. Um, mm -hmm. you're, so what when they're finding and what, Kevin McKernan's finding and these other scientists, when they find a topic or contamination of DNA, I want the public to understand there's a big difference. There should not yeah. be any DNA, and DNA is like a ready blueprint to tell your, right? And the mRNA theoretically is to develop DNA that becomes a blueprint to tell your cell to do something. Would that be a yeah, fair so, character, you know, separation? I, I, absolutely. So DNA is a raw material. It's not supposed to be there because it's a raw material. It gets processed and then any remainders or, you know, dust that you made is supposed to be removed from it. Mm. Now, imagine if you were pumping gas at the gas station and together with the gas, you're also pumping crude oil into mm -hmm. your tank. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's what it is. And, and not only you're pumping crude oil, it's one third of your gasoline in the pump is crude oil and that's how that's what we're finding yeah and and uh, i want to i want to i want the public to know because i got to remind people over and over again it was sasha ladapova who first disclosed as far as i was aware believe me my i'm going like this all the time two years ago the you had documents that were either leaked or foia'd or something where there was a discussion between Pfizer and EMA, the European Medicines Agency, the FDA equivalent, 
uh, that they were arguing about they wanted a certain undisclosed leeway and it got up to 50%, they got away with it. We're assuming either that discussion never happened with the FDA or, it, it, yeah, sure, you know, you can do that. So, f like, I, I give the analogy, if you, if you buy hot dogs and it says 50% meat, 50% unknown, are you going to eat that? Of course not, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so this fifty percent, right. you broke that two years ago, which stayed mm -hmm. in my mind. Like they're getting away with this murder because they 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 worked it out. They negotiated it, right? The, they did negotiate. So that that's yeah, that comes that fifty percent comes from the same document, and that was talking about the RNA. So both of those things. So their RNA was not to spec, and we knew that. Mm -hmm. And now we okay. found that not only that, they also have this contamin contaminant with the raw material in the vials. And the, and the significance of it is it's it's well they're both bad they both have potential to cause cancer they're both ha they're both very problematic uh, things but the DNA uh, while RNA is unstable uh, DNA is much more stable mm. and uh, also anything that's in the vial including other contaminants DNA pieces RNA pieces it all gets encapsulated into the lipid nanoparticles mm. and those are also not always stable and sometimes breaking and, and congregating and creating other problems. But in any case, the lipid nanoparticle is the most uh, problematic thing of all because that's the vehicle that drives into the cell. And while, you know, people, you know, we get dismissed and saying what the, 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 the fake, the fake fact checkers are, are saying DNA will, will decompose and RNA will decompose. What are you talking about? This is not a problem. It's organic uh okay even though it's synthetically made uh but right. when it isn't encapsulated in that delivery vehicle the, the lipid nanoparticle it's it drives through the cellular membranes mm -hmm. into the mm -hmm. cell and then the most you know nefarious thing that kevin found is the sv40 promoter uh which is kind of like a a, a missile guiding system that lets lets that whole thing drive not just into the cell but into the nucleus of the cell and let me just add, uh -huh. and Sasha will correct me if I'm not on the right track, when you say it gets through the membrane of the cell, I start to think uh, endothelium, the lining of your blood vessels, cardiac, mm -hmm. uh, very, the degrees of car you know, endo, ep ep epithelium, whatever, all those very delicate specialized, you want to know why people are sick and it's, uh -huh. it's not clear and it's murky. Because these these this material, even even if it teaches the body to make the spikes later on, I, I'm a little suspicious about what that really mm -hmm. is all about. But it's enough damage and enough uh, on on the cells to it's getting into everything, right? Yes, exactly. So the, another part is it's it's the and that's why I always knew that this is this is this product does not work and never could work mm -hmm. because they could never control in all the historical literature on mRNA. Uh, and DNA, um, you know, these gene therapies, as they were called before. Uh, the main problem was that they couldn't uh, control the delivery. Uh, so, so you have these, this, uh, the, the problem that they were always having, uh, and that's why they've innovated around creating this lipid nanoparticle, ultimately, was that if they dose high, uh, the, the material, you know, gets, gets everywhere and gets and very toxic and there were uh, a lot of problems with liver fa failure because liver is trying to detox the body. Uh, and if they, uh, and if they uh, dose low, then it doesn't get 
it will it, it just doesn't get delivered so they could not deliver it precisely to the organ that they were trying to deliver it so it would either like get distributed everywhere uh in the body in unpredictable ways and start killing the person or just like very little and it get goes away and the body just you know just gets rid of it then they delivered the, then they created this lipid nanoparticle but it still does not go precisely like you can't Inject, like they were saying it will stay in your deltoid muscle it's a joke it's it, it was such a, a, a bullshit thing i'm sorry <laughs> insane to <Bleep>. say <laughs> yeah, bleep let's leave it out yeah but it was, it was that BS. was a lie that was, was a, a lie. total lie and and anybody with a basic biology degree would just completely like laugh you out of the room and they actually, Kevin posted uh, on on Twitter at some point. He said, "Yes, it will stay in your, in your deltoid if you quickly chop off your arm." Um, so. <laughs> point well made. Point well made. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. So that's why yeah. it it will distribute everywhere, and it distributes in unpredictable ways and uncontrollable mm. ways. And the exposure and how much each person gets and how much goes where is also unpredictable. And the dosage was also just one dose fits all that's that's a joke imagine the same dose was for a 300 pound man as oh. for a 13 year old girl terrible terrible you know? I, I it, it or a six month old baby or, that, well six month old baby would be smaller dosage but still it, it's there they didn't vary that much right right and speaking of dosages i want to i want to also also talk to you or ask your opinion um i've been following that protocol it's C four five nine one zero zero one. I'm I know you know it. Uh, it's 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 on. It's been on clinicaltrials.gov forever. Uh, in that, that's a very long convoluted protocol. And I found two years ago. I found all of a sudden. I'm looking. I'm seeing uh, millions of outcome measures. I'm thinking you should only have one primary outcome, and then you can have as many secondaries and all that. And I'm looking and digging, and I see what appears to be arms right like many many arms right age and 10 micrograms and of what you don't really know it just says the but here's the point i get to one of them two years ago and i brought it out recently in a show it said 100 micrograms and i thought that's 10 times the amount and it appeared to me 10 times the amount of the of the, of the initial shots or so they claimed but it occurred to me the boosters the boosters could be up to could could have so much more of this stuff. And it's important because as you say, I want to corroborate something you just said just before that. There are FDA guidance documents in droves, 10, 15 of them, that were from years ago, like five, 10 years ago, that talk, if, there, if you look up gene therapy under FDA guidance documents for industry, they actually, they haven't taken them down. They warn industry, be careful, we don't know where it goes, we don't know how it distributes, we don't know how to get it out, we don't know if uh, putting a, using another one to get it out would, would be uncontrollable too. Uh, make sure you do enough preclinical work before you hit humans with it, all of that. Okay, so with that said, I wanted to ask you about that 100 microgram, looks like it's, a, it's an arm of many arms in, and that, that protocol, protocol for that study which is really the live de de deployment, is could is still going on. So, what do, what do you think about that? And have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen. So the the, the I know the the protocol you mentioned. That protocol itself is fourteen hundred pages, which is another uh, to total because they made uh, fourteen or fifteen amendments to it. 
because yeah. they were saying, oh, we're we're in a rush. We're going to have this adaptive trial design and uh, we're going to uh, introduce these 15 different changes while the trial was ongoing and each change needs to be documented. So ultimately, the protocol became 1400 pages, which is to me as, as running clinical trials and you as being participant in clinical trials, each site, clinical site, needs to understand and know all the the, the protocol in every page clinical trial manager supposed to know the protocol by heart and they're supposed to know all the details and everything is supposed to be done according to the protocol and there's so much you have to do to stay in compliance how can you possibly do this how can you possibly expect anyone to uh know uh, all the time what's in that 1400 pages and implement all of this without any errors i mean that itself is a huge piece of fraud like you cannot run a study like this it's not possible exactly so that was already set up for a huge failure and for fraud and that's what you know brooke jackson found of course nobody was in compliance with the protocol because how could you it's just it's a mess right and that and that was a great contribution to establish that um, yeah. I want to take a break here and come back, Sasha, uh, but I, I also want to ask you why you think they went to the trouble. If you've got a short answer, let's do it. But why did they go to the trouble of adding all those amendments to that 1,400-page protocol if, if they knew they were going to get away with it and they were protected under the PrEP for as much legal immunity as you can get? What do you, what because do you put, real they quick? need a yeah. giant confusion so that nobody can then mm. find, uh, if somebody goes and starts auditing the study, you can't audit it because you will never find what happened because there's 1400 pages of change <laughs> that's true that's true that's pretty obvious i should have thought of that myself yeah yeah you're right it's insane um okay let's take a quick break here and when we return i'm going to ask sasha about this miracle that's been happening in the last week or two where people are all of a sudden refinding certain documents and sv40 promoters and all this other crazy stuff so um when i return we'll talk about that and uh so much more so don't go anywhere i'll be right back my towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Hi everyone, Dr. Jane Ruby here with a quick message on how you should be protecting your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRAs. Did you know that you can protect them with physical gold and silver to avoid losing everything that you've built over your lifetime? Please call the experts at Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. At least talk to an expert. Learn more about how you can protect what you've built up so that if things go crazy, as we know they will in this economy, you've got some of your investments protected with tangible physical gold and silver. 
every bit as valuable as real estate, something you can touch. They can't turn off, you know, with a flick of a switch. Call the people at Augusta Precious Metals. They're wonderful. They will educate you on what this is all about and what you need to do. And they will also provide you with some warnings about how to protect yourself from other companies that may be spreading lies and scamming you. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of the show tonight. I'm here with uh, analyst and scientist Sasha Latipova, who has been uh, just, you you drop all kinds of great information, Sasha. Uh, I want to get to the fun part, which is all this miracle rediscovery that everybody's coming up with in certain players and the frontline doctors and we we will leave them unnamed and everybody's getting excited coming out saying oh my gosh we can sue Pfizer now Mm -hmm. what is this all about and what this it really annoys me when people come out with hey we just discovered x y and z stuff that you and I you were breaking two years ago I was breaking we were discussing take it away this this miracle I call it found suddenly maybe Sasha and I'll do (laughs) our own documentary we'll call it found suddenly or refound suddenly take yeah. it away well <laughs> yeah so so you know there's a, a bunch of obviously sensationalism cells and obviously not everybody follows the space like we do so of course there's a lot of people who are not aware and then it comes out in the big blitz on twitter and everywhere that oh my god we can sue pfizer because this was found Ooh. and you know, so so, and I think this was all based off legitimately newsworthy information that uh, Epoch, the Epoch Times, the only probably journalistic out, outfit left out there, they actually did journalism, and they and they got several emails out of Health Canada, which I have. They're oh. interesting. Uh, yeah, so so they got several emails out of Health Canada confirming that the DNA uh, that they knew about DNA plasmids and they were aware of this issue of SV40 promoters. So that was newsworthy, and okay. and yes, this should have been reported. And you know, I did report on it and many others. Uh, and and that's the first time that the, any regulator anywhere actually even acknowledges that this is an issue. Uh, now, they, of course, they they were the health Canada was trying to hand wave it away. Uh, that remains to be seen what what action is going to happen, if any. Uh, but at least it was like okay, acknowledgement from the regulator. Sure. Uh, yeah, but but this issue is not is not new. As I said, you know, Kevin McKernan published on it since uh, started publishing on it since uh, April of this year. Now, whether whether Pfizer can now be sued. Uh, I, I think Pfizer was always, you know, you could always sue Pfizer. So that's that's the yeah. that, that hasn't changed. The status hasn't changed. Uh, Brooke Jackson was suing Pfizer since uh, late 2020. Uh, and that that lawsuit is ongoing. It has been dismissed uh, in uh, by Judge Strunkale and they're refiling. And uh, they have been, I'll be writing about that. Uh, so Pfizer submitted their motion to dismiss, which is atrocious, and they're mm-hmm. claiming that they're claiming that Brooke Jackson is interfering with the FDA enforcement. Mm. Yeah, let's make her the villain. Yeah, let's make her the yeah. criminal. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so but you obvious. always could sue Pfizer, and people have been suing Pfizer. This is not new. It's not. It's not something to fundraise off of all of a sudden, uh, which I think that's what 
people who are trying to claim that this is some kind of a breaking news information. That's the agenda, Sasha, because then they're going to ask the public, hey, you want us to sue Pfizer? And people are like, Pfizer, you know, and then they'll send their money. By the way, Pfizer's the money's long gone. Right. Yes. When Pfizer falls, uh, they're going to they're that, that money's already been sent through and and Pfizer just falls. Yeah. And everybody will go, well, we took down Pfizer. Yeah. I also wrote about this. So people need to be aware that corporations exist specifically to protect individuals. That's mm. the invention that happened. I don't know, in 1500s when the corporations were invented by the Medici's to specifically protect themselves. And in fact, Medici's are pharmaceutical manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how they the corporations were specifically designed to protect pharmaceutical companies <laughs> pharmaceutical owners of pharmaceutical companies and so that's what mm. it happened so so pfizer is already cleaned out the money already was laundered through it and paid to people who are participating in this crime so money is gone uh pfizer stock is now tanking because you know the, it's allowed now to trade it down it's a false flag uh, and they're going yay their stocks flag. going down because we're able to sue them now that's what yes, some of these yes. shills are doing yes exactly and and it, it, that's not what's going to happen so what, what i predict is going to happen is department of justice will all of a sudden realize that oh something untoward has happened and we need to prosecute pfizer because we also need to get fines out of pfizer to ourselves mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. what's happening the government commits this crime uses Pfizer as a laundromat, uh, washes everything through Pfizer, empties it out, then goes after Pfizer's uh, last remaining dollars and insurance money to pay themselves. Wow, what a circular. Wow, that's clever. Yeah, yeah. And and also somebody will get a political uh, campaign out of it. Some the, the attorney who will be prosecuted, prosecuting it from the Department of Justice will then run for governor of a state or attorney general of a state or something like that. So there will be also some political careers made. But I'm telling you, there's not if that's not justice, that's uh, the, that's the criminals paying themselves and uh, using the victims money to pay themselves which is going to be taxpayers' money paid for whatever, the prosecution itself and then the fines. Do you have any hope that we'll ever get, you know, some justice? You must, otherwise you wouldn't keep fighting every day. Well, what I do hope for is that people realize through this process that, you know, as as we've always been telling them, nobody's coming to save you. Don't think that you're, you know, that, that some, you know, brave lawyer is going to ride in on a big horse and sue Pfizer and the justice will be somehow restored. That's not how the justice is restored. The justice is restored by you realizing that you're you're responsible for this yourself, for your family, protection of your family, your children. We need to lobby legislators to undo this perverse pseudo pseudo legal structure that Mm. subverts our constitution especially prep act the prep act is what underpins all this that's what underpins the government's ability to do all this garbage and uh you know we need to attack the prep act from legislative perspective uh somebody needs to and i i don't know about the legal evidence the supreme court can can uh, make a decision that PrEP Act violates the Constitution, which it does in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. It is government's license to kill. 
it protects Pfizer from anything that they do. It protects FDA from anything that they do. They they literally are putting poison on the market and they have full immunity because they're saying they're calling it a vaccine. That's it. That's that's everything hinges on that. And they're also like FDA is using very capricious um, uh, manner in which it enforces regulation or doesn't enforce the regulation. So they they, for example, they found glass shards in uh, remdesivir vials and allowed a, a, a lawsuit to go through. And I think it's only for the reason so that they want to have this pretend uh, pretend scenario and go through courts and solidify in court language all the lies that ha they have been telling to people. Mm -hmm. For example, that particular lawsuit, the first sentence in that particular lawsuit is that there has been a terrible pandemic of COVID virus, ah. which is a lie. And now we have it recorded in a court document and it's forever in the case law. I see, I see. So that's what these, you know, pretend prosecutions are about, is to solidify yeah. existing structure and to say, oh no, look, there is a recourse for the victim because when we find glass shards, when we decide what to find, we find glass shards, but we don't find the DNA and we don't find the broken RNA and we don't find the SV40 promoter, but it's up to us what we find. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. it's absolutely ridiculous. So I would pester your representatives, your legislators about the PrEP Act, how how completely evil it is, and all these other laws, and, and the uh, unconstitutional nature of declaring national public health emergencies in the first place. Yeah. And then, you know, getting back to this found suddenly as a pretext really to fundraise you know, this is like the remdesivir widows thing all over again, right? Give them hope, suck off the money, <clears throat> fundraise. Um, you know, people are going around now all of a sudden saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a bunches of people. And, and then they're saying, um, and by the way, uh, you know, here's, here's a list of, um, of, 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 of 80 or 90 lawyers that are ready to help step up, you know, and it's like, oh, really? Oh, that was, well, that was fast. Where have all those lawyers been right in the last few years that we needed lawyers, you know, pro bono to help with our military to protect them and, and all that other stuff. So it's really discouraging. But yeah, found suddenly and all the people oh, going suddenly. along with it, Sasha, I'm very suspicious. Yeah. Countless, it's, countless people. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm all for, you know, and as I said, I don't discourage anyone to to, to from the lawsuits. Of course, you should you know go at it but remember th these lawsuits cost incredible <laughs> amounts of money and take incredible amounts like so so brooke jackson has been ongoing for over two years yeah and uh we're nowhere close to any particular resolution uh and so uh th that takes a huge amount of time huge amount of money once you start on particular claims in a lawsuit that's the track that you have very difficult to amend it yeah. Uh, and we need to look at strategically at what is going to stop these things. So uh, my colleagues and I, we have been testifying in uh, numerous jurisdictions, including counties, and mm -hmm. we have been successful there. Uh, while counties are not legislators and they don't, and this, uh, these are symbolic things, but having people's voices documented through this process saying we we think this is dangerous. We, we think it doesn't belong in our community. We think it, it endangers our children. Uh, that's what uh, needs to happen. You need to make your voices heard through the grassroots legislative process. It does have some impact. They issue the letters. 
and then they and then ultimately they accumulate and the state legislators in different states have the uh requirement to to now you know discuss this as a law yeah and we also have been testifying to different states south carolina idaho uh, florida i've i went internationally uh people are doing the same things in sweden i spoke in swedish uh parliament on this issue uh this is now official record in sweden mm. uh the the andrew bridgen has brought uh and i i met with andrew in in sweden he's a great guy uh and he did the same thing in uk parliament they pretended like it was an empty room but the 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 viewing area was full and people were cheering and it was very very powerful wow so look at that so yes so that's that's what we can do we can we can we can have the legal the 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 legal pass right now is very limited because mm -hmm. of how perverse this structure so the there are laws and the laws are being used as they're written properly but they're illegal laws and if you are prosecuting under that structure and you're only trying to kind of maneuver and sidestep certain things all you're doing is solidifying the bad structure that is there yeah uh, maybe you're getting some marginal effects maybe you're getting some some justice for some people but overall you're only all, all this is doing the the it, there, it's not a true justice process yeah what needs to happen is you know supreme court can act the president can act of course he won't uh and the congress can act and they can they can undo this and if actually fairly straightforwardly yeah i i don't have a lot of hope for for congress uh congress has sat by for two years watching our military get decimated we have no army left uh watching the southern border let in hundreds of thousands of military-aged men i mean it's just i don't have any faith in them but that's just me but you 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 know i wanted to i wanted to say because we've had countless conversations that uh, i know i know that n neither of us um believes for a moment that these companies if it was a straightforward legitimate legal process that these companies should not be sued you you i love that phrase the this perverse pseudo legal system that we are confined in it for those purposes it's going to take something else and i don't think either of us would uh, lose a night's sleep if uh, companies like pfizer and moderna and astrazeneca and novavax all of them who made the bioweapon uh were dismantled you know hauled in discovery shut down yeah. had their assets seized no it would be great dismantle it we need a whole different system because the the public private partnership is what's killing us all over the world Sounds yeah, and nice. my message is, yeah. yeah, my message also to the employees of those companies. You see what's going mm. on. Pfizer is doing huge layoffs. Do you think they're going to protect you? Do you think they're, they you know, they're not going to throw you under the bus when the, when this investigation starts by the Department of Justice, which is imminent, uh, and you will be thrown under the bus. So this is a good time to consider becoming a whistleblower and to come forward. We need them. That's we need the, the whistleblowers from the manufacturing to show what was going on. That is a that, that that that's well said and that's really timely. I'm glad you said that. Um, appealing right now to those whistleblowers that are working within the confines of these criminal companies. I don't know how you're not going to be on the earth forever. This we know. It's a one-way trip. And how are you going to live with yourself? And how are you going to face your maker? You you don't have a lot of time left. Um, so. Sasha, first of all, I want, um, Sasha has agreed 
uh, which is wonderful to stay on for after talk, which will be aired uh, a, a day or two after the main Dr. Jane Ruby show. Uh, she has uh, just a couple of days ago released another bombshell substack on uh, this issue. We're not going to get into it right now, but it's going to be the after talk uh, mRNA in in animal. Um, I'm I'm assuming it's yeah it's it's animal injections like I mean, livestock and vaccines yes and, okay. and food supply yeah we need to get into that and that's going to be the focus of the after talk so don't miss that sasha before we say goodbye to you and i really want to thank you for not not just being here today but for everything you're doing you're just you know grinding grinding away you're an inspiration to me to just keep going um but we don't do you know we we need help and support doing this your substack is an incredible compilation of information data and keeping people on the truth, the track of truth. Um, it's it's uh, due diligence and art. Yep. Right? Sasha Latapova dot. Okay, how is it? How do they find it? Yeah, due diligence and art or Sasha Latapova one word dot substack dot com. We'll put that in the top of the, the show description. Any last words uh, uh, for, you know, the audience before we say goodnight? Yeah, I just just want to have everyone understand that this is not doom and gloom at all. Like we we you know also people saying, well, you just it's, it's all bad news. No, it's not all bad news. It's uh, the this is this is what happens when empires collapse. Empire is collapsing. It's completely full of lies. It's built on lies. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out what's the best way to bring it down and to undo it and to bring justice and we need to have parallel efforts so again i'm not discouraging anyone from lawsuits please go ahead and sue pfizer and moderna sure uh i am just saying we need to have these parallel tracks and work diligently and understand where the pitfalls are so that that's my message yeah it's a great message too it's um it's it's uh i i love that this is what happens and this is what it looks like when empires fall and we are living in a really incredible time to watch it so no need to be frightened um we're just all a part of it so thank you again uh for being with me and guys do not miss sasha's after talk because the mrna in for animal shots you've all been asking about it for your pets for livestock let's get into it uh, thanks for being here tonight uh, i'll be back in a moment with just a couple of parting words but uh, just uh, wanted to say thanks again we'll be right back Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last call for tickets to the Determined Patriotism Conference to be held in Kansas City, Missouri, November 10 and 11. This is Dr. Jane Ruby. I'll be one of the featured speakers there. If you happen to be in the area or you live in the area, please join us. This is hosted by great conservative Doug Billings, and there'll be other wonderful speakers like General Michael Flynn and Vandersteel. Uh, Mike Lindell, Christy Hutcherson, Attorney Tom Renz, and so many other incredible patriots. This is not to be missed. So go to DeterminedPatriotismConference.us and order your tickets now. Thanks so much. I hope to see you in beautiful Kansas City. Medical disclaimer, the Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, 
images and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby. No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.